There you go. Oh, thank you. You're going to need to make your own drinking noises. I can only do oh. my own. Mm. Oh, oh and, and also, clink. Oh, clink. Celebrate. Yeah. yeah. A happy 250 episodes of Queer and Pleasant oh, Strangers. Oh, that's what Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, we we don't really have any kind of budget for this. No, no, no. I, I I'm realizing from the uh, having to make my own clink yes, sounds. Yeah, you know, having to make all your own sound effects for the imaginary champagne. Def- definitely popping open a champagne for this. Definitely yes. happened. Definitely yeah, happened. yeah, and and but yeah, well, that's it. Two hundred fifty episodes. <gasps> Ta-da! Ta-da! We've come so far in n number of years, n being the number of years that it's been. I'm <laughs> guessing somewhere around five. Yeah, that sounds about right. Theoretically, yeah. And gosh, what a, what a time it was. We wanted to talk about some things we'd done. We wanted to have a bit of a catch-up. We wanted to be silly at each other. So, uh, once again, clinky. Clink. Clink. To, to your very good health and, and to 250 to more episodes. Yeah. Maybe next time we'll get real champagne. Maybe. Or some sparkling beverage. Maybe a lettuce. Who knows where Britain will be in five years' time? Maybe a lettuce <laughs> will be the luxury. That'll be the la- light of luxury, will it? <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. I'm not Jane Eyre's Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. A 250th episode. Yeah. It's a podcast with two queer trans women. That's us. We talk about the stuff we've done in the week that's media yeah. and the, the, we make each other giggle and stuff. You heard the opening. You know what this is. Yeah. What have you been playing this week? Oh, I've, been, I've been playing very little. Yeah. Because you see, I'm on holiday from my day job, right? <laughs> yep. So what I decided to do, instead of just, you know going in and doing eight hours work there. I just fill all of my time with all the work I do outside of, of that. Yeah. And not yeah. rest. <laughs> Woo. Uh, but played very little. We played and board game. We played two board games. Yeah. Uh, we played we played some some uh, Tapestry, which we haven't played for a really long time. I really like that game. I love Tapestry. I just wish the the bases on the little buildings were closer to the actual squares that they need to go on. Yes. Because some of them are awkward. I'm looking at you, the rubber factory. So we, we've talked about this game before. It is a game where there's like multiple tracks that are like science, inventions, war, and you spend resources to sort of go up those tracks and get rewards that help you go further up those tracks. And they uh, ping off each other. Yeah. But the thing you were saying about the bases is uh, part of the game is you get all these little buildings, you put them on on a grid system yeah, to like, marks. yeah, to like fill out a grid uh, and get rewards. But the buildings were just someone had made some nice little building figurines, and a board and game. Jamie Stegmaier was like, you know what? I want to build a game around those. Yeah, despite the fact that these th- these buildings didn't always neatly fit uh, grid spaces. No. Uh, they, they're cl- close to grid spaces. Most you of can the, most work of, out what they're meant to cover. Most of them are very manageable, but there's a couple of buildings that are just <laughs> a little bit short for what they're supposed to yeah. be, and they are a pain in the ass to, to w- yeah. work around. But other than that, uh, it's, a, it's a very cool... I, was, I hesitate to say sort of an engine build it isn't really you have your um, your factions which have got like a, a particular um like special ability it's a little engine building in that you're trying to you're trying to sort of domino effects a little bit in that you're yeah. like if i go up to this space i'll get a extra uh an extra building and that extra building uh will be perfectly timed for me to fill in the square on the grid which will get me an extra 
a resource back, which will mean I get to take an extra turn moving up one of the tracks. Mm-hmm. It's it is a game of finding synergies. Yes. And leaning into like a point scoring avenue of many options. Mm-hmm. Uh we played with uh I think all the expansions. Uh the yeah, the the two current expansions that are available, I think there is a new one coming I, I think it's actually available to purchase from tomorrow. Yeah. The the, the main the, time of the main things were uh, the cus- like the uh, the hard mode optional boards uh, that you could yes the uh, advanced uh, capital city boards yep uh, with you one were of playing with I had a much easier time with mine than the one you were offered yeah yours was interesting from the point of view of it had a lot of big open space but also you couldn't like over like overlap anything on off the edge of yes. your board. Which meant that if you got too many landmarks, you wouldn't be able to clear things off of your sort of standard yeah. player board, meaning that you would get less things when you had your income phase. But also, it meant that you had to be really careful about what you were getting and how you were getting it. I had a very it. neat and tidy time where I could just I could just line things up so neatly. You really did. Um, and the other big one we did was the uh, the arts track, which is yes. an additional kind of world development you can do. Yeah, this was the first time I think either of us really touched the art track a lot. Yes, we've played with arts and architecture before. I don't think either of us really bothered going up that track. Um, yeah. We obviously we've used the the blueprints from that, which are like at the beginning of the game you get a, a blueprint building or a blueprint card. If yeah. you fulfil the criteria on that card, you'll get a special landmark. Yeah. Um. The what were the the, the milestones? Were they the thing that like activated at the start of every upkeep phase? Um. I the... think they were milestones. There was like yeah. there was basically a thing from arts arts and architecture where you basically get like ballet or mime or whatever, yeah. and it's at the start of your income phase you get yeah. whatever that is, and it might be extra scoring opportunities. Those, those those really did you well. They they really seem worth going for if you can get them early on, so that they like pop off as many times as possible. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they kind of snowball in usefulness. Oh yes, it was interesting because we we got both got very high scores, and I was like, oh, that's pretty pretty decent score. Like I finished, I'm about halfway around the board ahead of you because I I finished my my play mm-hmm. first, which yeah. meant I was scoring. Before you had finished your final round or final few rounds, yeah. And there's one thing about this game, like even though you do end up like waiting for for one person, maybe more if if there's like uh if in in like a a higher player count, but those last couple of turns really tick down super fast because mm. at that point there's no one getting in your way going. Mm, yeah. Actually, you sort of just do do your engine and go. Yeah, you just just sort of run. You can. You don't have to worry about forgetting what you were planning to do yeah. this turn, which is kind of convenient. But like that, that last bit doesn't take that long. Like no. from from me finishing to you having like I think it was three or four but more rounds. I think you're right saying in two player that's the case because let's say four player and one person finishes early, those other three people probably are still stopping and thinking about their turns. I like, would imagine it so. might take a little longer. But also, I would imagine that you there is probably less opportunity to have like huge runaway early finishes. Yeah, in, in a higher player counts mm. because you've got like a larger world board. Once you get over three players, yeah, you've got um. Obviously, there's going to be less early landmarks, so people aren't going to be filling up their main borders as quickly. Yeah, the the. I mean, there may be things we need to try this in at yeah. least four players. I'm it runs curious up to five. for that. Yeah, and at some point we need to try the the Shadow Empire. 
which is like an automa third player for two player games which means that there's slightly more player interaction like they don't ever have income or anything they just deliberately get in the way and and claim landmarks that does sound interesting yeah but it was more important, first of all, that we learn how to play the game. We remember and... how to how to play it again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since we played. We have had like periods where we've played an awful lot. Yeah. Um, but it's it's lovely to come back to, and I need to finish doing washes on those buildings because yeah. they're lovely, they're yeah. adorable, and the couple I have done a wash on look way better. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What What have you played? Um, That's the thing. I see. I've had a busy week, but mine has been a busy week of video games, both ones I can and can't talk about. <laughs> but it's been a very games heavy week for me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle through a bunch because I played played a bunch more VR games this week, and I'm gonna yes. get them all out in one go. Oh. Uh I played the demo for Humanity, which is not just a PSVR two game, but it's also can be played just like without being in VR. This is the Lemmings ish. Yeah, so this is from the, the, the folks behind Tetris Effect Connected and Res Infinite. I generally really dig their stuff. This is sort of capitalism lemmings. What if lemmings, but the lemmings themselves, you were never punished for them dying. They were an infinite resource. There was just infinite of these little humans, you know, walking where they're told, doing what they're told. But you've got these fancy ones. Yeah, you've got these fancy ones to go collect, and they will only move if sort of carried with the uh, with the crowd of humans. And, like, initially they're sort of optional side objectives, but as you get further it's like, no, you need to go get them. They are the point of this. Um, you play a little ghost dog running around this sort of isometric uh, world, dropping instructions on various grid spaces to affect how this... Uh, ocean of humans behaves, be it uh, turn this direction here, uh, jump, do a long jump, get the float attribute so that you'll like fly higher in the air. Um, some of the levels are like there. There is some interesting variation in the demo that's there. Some of the levels are things like um, you have to set all of your instructions str- like all at once and then press go and watch the whole thing play okay. out. Um, some of them have challenges as you go further through of like. Here are some grey humans that they're bad, and if you let the the godlike being uh, touch them, they'll they'll turn grey as well and go off with them. You've got to do what you can to get these uh, these Ooh. sort of throngs of grey humans out of the way. It, it, they're very much just described as these people are not like you, and Ooh. yeah, no, no, no. That feeling feels deliberate. Yes, it, it feels very, very in your face about this being. Uh, it feels like a Lemmings-style puzzle game that is very critical of capitalism and uh, tribalism, uh, the sort of very divided us-versus-them nature of humanity. Greed and the fascism it breeds. Yeah, but also, fun little puzzle game where you play a ghost dog. Um, it's it's real interesting. Yeah. I am fascinated by this game. Yes. The puzzle design is really is really nice. Um, the, just the, the way that the puzzles are thought out is, is like each, each puzzle without explicitly saying so is trying to teach you something new about how this world interacts and how you need to think about puzzle interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the first level in the demo that was like, in order to do this, you are going to have to acknowledge that some of these humans aren't going to make it to the end point. Or you're going to have to send some of them in a direction that is probably going to be fatal for them. And you have to start having that slightly um, 
slightly disposable thought about how you treat these lemmings in order to progress, and I think that that is a very good use of narrative through gameplay. Um, it's real interesting. Yeah, it sounds up. Yeah. Uh, other VR stuff I played, I'll yes. rattle through quick. Uh, I played some of the PSVR 2 port of Pistol Whip, which is... Uh, you're That's wrong- the action alley shooting gallery Yeah, thing. music music plays, you're sort of moving on a conveyor belt, there's things coming up at you, you shoot them with your, with your guns in sort of neon. Um, How is the off-screen tracking for that? Because that was the first game I remember playing, I think it was on the Quest. Yeah. And being able to do the... Okay, I look at, I've looked at you, I've identified where you are, I'm raising that hand with that gun in it to point at that person, but I'm also turning around because I've been made aware of a yeah. sound on that side of me, and I'm going to shoot It's really at good that. at that. Wow. Yeah, it's it, it continues to be able to well deal with, I'm going to aim at a thing while I'm not completely looking at it anymore. Nice. And that is, like, really neat. Um, tentacular. Yeah. I think you'll really dig this game. Need enjoying tentacles yeah. or cephalopod arms. So you you play you start the game as definitely a human, mm. uh, a very large human with tentacle arms uh, in like the it. ocean, uh, and your sister's this tiny little human uh, on land by a lighthouse, mm-hmm. and it's your, it's your sixteenth birthday, mm-hmm. and suddenly you are told the shocking revelation: you are not a human. What? You are adopted. Yay. You are a giant cephalopod. Hell yeah. Um, sorry I didn't tell you you were adopted. I found that egg uh, many that years egg. ago. And then you hatched out. And now you are family. Oh, that's the best origin um, story. I'd love that to be my origin right. story. Uh, but in this community you live in, everyone at 16 has to get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ableist society that it is. And... Uh, the town is not necessarily as welcoming and accepting of your proportions and uh, hand nature. Uh-huh. Or they're, digi- they're not ready for a big yeah. cuddle friend. They're not ready for a big cuddle friend. They're uh-huh. a little, they're a little uh, like not not super accommodating. Right. Uh, but you end up working, uh, working do- at the dump, uh-huh. uh, like working doing like sort of manual labor. Okay. Um, and. I don't want to say much more than that, other than you find something while working at the dump that sure takes the plot in a direction. Okay. Um, I really like how this game controls. Uh, you have two big tentacle arms. You squeeze the controllers to uh, grip things with the sort of suction on your tentacles. Um, you can hold sort of bigger, heavier things by grabbing with like the middle of your tentacle, whereas like more fine detail you can sort of more easily do with the tip of the tentacle. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that it feels very good to manipulate things in world. It's got a little bit of a sort of Octodad style of like, part of what is going on is that it's deliberately difficult to do some of the physical interactions Mm -hmm. you may need to do. And there is some humor born of that. Uh, But it's also very sweet. It's got really, it's got really fun writing. Um, It really, really leans into its premise in nice ways. Um, in terms of like mitigating motion sickness, all of the sort of stages of the game are little diorama style sandboxes where you are plonked in place and you don't have to move around. You just look around and do things with your tentacles. I'm glad that was the impression I had sort of got from the, yeah. the few images I'd seen of it. It's it's one of those games that like is very comfortable to play in VR. Yeah. Um, but it's very sweet, and I think I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. I- 
that the full game that, that's out now? Uh, yeah, that's that's full game is out now. Uh, from what I can tell from like the percentage in I am and how long I played, I'm guessing it's about five hours total to okay. play through, which is like that's a nice that's a nice sort of length. Yeah. And uh, given how short some VR games can be, yeah. even when they're like, we're 25 quid, here's yeah. an hour, maybe half an hour. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, five hours is, that is a reasonable length that I feel like I like had something meaty, but mm. that isn't going to be too many sittings in VR. Um, nearly done on the on the VR corner. Um, I played some of the Resident Evil 8, uh, Resident Evil Village VR update. Oh yeah, how is it? Uh, so a few, a few things. Um, first of all, looks absolutely fucking stunning. Okay. Um, the, the, the OLED display, uh, in, in the VR headset is very good at doing like very dark scenes with a lot of detail. Oh, the HDR. Um, yeah, the HDR stuff I got that they the can impression do. that the game uh, would have benefited from that because I think... I play through most of it on my PC. Yeah. Uh, or, or running it through my PC monitor and, and yeah. just capturing for stream. So I don't know what it looks like on a really good this, HDR range uh, with just like yeah. really black blacks. Genuinely, and... like the really black blacks um, look so good in this. It's one of the best VR games I've ever played in terms of uh, I'm holding a flashlight in my hand in a very dark room and it's a kind of weak flashlight and I genuinely believe I'm in the space. Okay. It. Does it light things properly? It like lights a things properly. Should. It lights things properly like okay. a flashlight should with its like diffuse light. Okay. Um like it's one of the best experiences I've ever had with being in the dark holding a light in a video game. Okay. It's really interesting. Um the guns uh I use the the uh, there's some setting options to have them reload automatically which I would really recommend people use because mm-hmm. having to physically uh like each time you have to reload grab bullet from your waist uh, pull back the top of the gun, put the bullet in, load forward, is like, it is a lot to do in a frantic situation, and I don't have the coordination or the accuracy to do that. Right. Uh, but being able to, like, very naturally aim down the sight, uh, one of the things this does that's really neat is it asks you your dominant eye, so that if you're trying to do, like, close one eye and use a single eye to look through the scope, okay. you tell it which eye you're going to keep open for that, like... Oh, okay, look, so it'll start yeah. doing the monovision thing. Yeah, so if you close huh. one eye, it knows which eye, like, okay, you close that eye, you're just looking through your one scope eye, and that works really well. feels like a missed opportunity, though. R- right, but like... Like, this is this is the system that has the, the like, the eye tracking. Yeah. Could they not have just gone, okay, this person is doing the, sen- the thing of, yeah. of one eye closed, like you do with gun. Indeed, but the thing, the thing being, like, Regardless, it works really well. Good. It it works really nicely at being able to just like look down the scope and accurately hit things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that feels very satisfying. Um, this is a VR game that has no option for teleporting and oh. is a walk around one. Oh. And here is what I will say about it: um, this game desperately needs for its VR mode options to toggle your movement speed. Because at the start, you know at the start of that game when you were like walking through the snow in the dark in the trees? Okay, like, so after f- the home stuff. Yeah, after home. Also, how weird is it carrying a weird strange oh, baby? Oh, we'll get to the weird strange baby in a minute. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, when, you're, when you haven't made it to the village yet, you're walking through the dark, through the trees, um, like through the snow. You're moving very slowly. And that was surprisingly comfortable. Okay. Um, and as, se- as soon as you get to the village itself... Your movement speed increases, uh, and this is a game that was not designed for VR, that had VR bolted onto it, 
and your acceler- the speed at which you accelerate and the speed you accelerate to are not comfortable in VR. Oh no. And I really wish I could just go, I know that I will be more likely to get caught by pursuing monsters. Let me turn my movement speed down. Yeah, because, I'm wondering if yeah. that wasn't just a decision of we would have to do a lot more work on porting this. Because uh, obviously then you've got to account for how well, how easy is it to actually do a boss encounter if you are capped to a maximum yeah. speed. And like, look, I recognise those problems, but I also go, you made like... You an chose in- to make this yeah, VR. you chose to make this VR, and you also like made a unique uh, introductory mi- mission with unique environments showing off how to, like, teaching you how to play. You're not afraid to, to put some money into, like, making the VR-specific version of this. Really could have done with yeah. like that little a bit of extra little comfort, bit more tweaking. which is a shame because like if nothing else, I would really recommend like I I think you'd enjoy checking out like the opening tutorial teaching mm. bit of this because it gives you that opportunity to try the flashlight in the dark, the mm-hmm. guns, move it while moving slowly, and go. This is pretty cool, even if you don't want a motion sickness move around the whole thing. I think the the thing everyone listening really want to know is uh, how big that vampire lady though. I didn't get that far uh. in. Uh, also, uh, holding the baby is weird because your virtual hands don't line up necessarily with where your real hands are, which is disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... What? So, when... I suppose your hands are locked to holding yeah, the baby. They don't you want... can't just like Yeah, they don't want to let you drop the baby so your hands just stay floating in position no matter uh, where your hands okay, are. Yeah. Uh, also, any time where like Ethan, the character, is like knocked to the ground and is, let's say, crawling on the floor or is kneeling or like after the bit at home where you wake up like in the snow on the ground, it's weirdly fucking disconcerting because they haven't done anything to change those moments, which means that you get a sudden uh, disorienting moment where your head is near the ground, but it feels like your body's under the ground. Because yes. the, the ground is at your shoulders. Yeah. And that's so disorienting. And sideways, I think, when you first wake up from yeah. that car crash. Uh, in the, the initial village, you have to like crawl under a crashed bookshelf and you're moving forward while your shoulders down is below the ground. You've become that thing from is it Fallout Four where they couldn't they the, the way yeah. only way they got the subway well, to work is by making it a hat. Yes, it, <laughs> it's that. It's weird, <laughs> and like other than that, it, it works surprisingly well. And if you've got a stronger stomach for more intense VR experiences, have fun. I was uh, I was going to ask if you'd got as far as the getting your hand chopped off again, but I know if you no. haven't actually seen that. No, I yet. got as far as like the first big gate I had to find a key for, and I couldn't remember where the key was, and I was running around in circles. You could jump over the top, haven't you? And then go into the house, and then there's Me- the whole thing about. Uh oh no no no! It's before even that. It's oh, like okay. I first arrived at the village. There's like a well and a big gate to get into the village proper. Just after you've gotten past the first few houses, and I couldn't remember where the key was. And I was walking around in circles trying to find it, and my motion sickness was getting worse, and I was just like, yeah. Nah. Um, Have they done anything to fix the subtitles? Um, oh, the subtitles are worse in some regards. Oh, no. Um, okay, so opening cutscene. You're very near your w- wife and baby. You're on the floor, wife and baby are on the sofa. The subtitles are, like, doubled up and playing on top of each other if you look at your wife and baby, the people, like, in the scene. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on with these subtitles? And I look away somewhere else in the room, like, where they're further away. Subtitles look fine. The problem is... Are they being pushed towards you and losing their distancing? If you're you're looking at something too close to you, the subtitles are too physically close in the world. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
um, to get a point of convergence and they overlap each other. Yeah, it's things like that that make this feel like a weirdly... that make it feel like a rushed VR port. Yeah, or not probably playtested. Yeah, it feels like it had to be ready for, for launch day. There was probably some money involved. I would say it feels like either they rushed it for launch day or they were like, I, we are willing to spend this amount on it and not a penny more. I, I get the feeling Sony put some money down to say, please have a uh, VR mode for a critically acclaimed long game available for uh, PSVR 2 day. That's the vibe I get. The vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um, last VR title to, to rattle through quickly. One that I wish I could be more unanimously praising of, and I was so ready to be crazy of. Uh, let's talk about Ragnarok, as in oh. R-O-C-K. Um, yep. So, uh, I'll get to the caveat in a minute. Um, Ragnarok is a really cool concept for a game that plays really well. Um, it is a it is a VR drumming game in which you have like four big drums in front of you, and you are on a big Viking longboat. And the better you do, basically Guitar Hero, but for drums on these drums, the faster people on the boat row the boat, and the further you you go. Try and get as far as you can in the length of a a licensed music song. And you are a drummer. Yeah. I really fucking, mechanically, I love this game. <laughs> this game plays so well. The best compliment I can give it mechanically is, as a drummer, I was able to jump into some of the like higher level um, uh, note tracks and sight read them and do pretty decently well. And they felt natural and I could just sort of gl- glaze out into the middle distance and go, 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 go and do pretty all right. You got no foot pedals. How does that work? Uh, no foot pedals. There's just no foot pedals. You have. So you you've just got four drums. You've, in front you've of got you, four no drum, kick. You've got four drums in front of you. No kick. You have um, essentially a symbol to your left and right. Yes, I saw the um, sort of floating symbols. Yes, the floating symbol can be used. Uh, is essentially like your um, a star meter in oh, okay. um, in Guitar Hero. It's your you've built up you've built up meter by hitting all the notes and not missing any. Hit this to get a burst of extra. You mean stuff that on? doesn't just signify the end of four bars? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of things I love about this game. I like that for a game with a fully licensed soundtrack that they cleared all the music rights to let uh, so that people can stream it. Uh, and Impressive. your VODs might get muted, but you won't get in any, any trouble for streaming mm-hmm. it. Um, and they have a list of tracks that they're like, these will definitely not get muted. These ones might get muted, but like you won't get in trouble for using them. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that for streaming purposes, there is a third-person view. Uh, same for if, like, someone is watching you play on the TV while you're in the VR headset. Like all those videos you see of Beat Saber. Yeah, so instead of, like, seeing through the eyes of the person, which, because of where Would the be drums are... Yeah, it'd be shaky, and because of where the drums are, you might not necessarily... The drums are down the bottom of the screen. The TV preview doesn't always see the very bottom of what mm-hmm, the person's mm-hmm. seeing. You might not see the drums. Yeah. You can just have a third-person camera perspective, and you can have choices of where that is. To watch, like, here is their character model drumming on the drums. Nice. Uh, like a better viewing experience. And is there any customization um, of the character? Uh, nope, you are just okay. g- generic person with, ha- with hammers hitting drums. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the high score chasing mechanic uh, in single player. That is, your previous best score is another boat sailing next to you. And you okay. have, like... a ghost ship. Yeah, it's a ghost ship. And you have a um, a little meter that te- does tell you how far ahead or behind of them uh, you are in meters. Okay. Um, 
Let's talk about the elephant what, in the room. What kind of meter? Like yeah. in, in musical terms. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about the big Norse elephant in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And this, ugh, this is, I, I grew up listening to metal. Yeah. Most of my like the for years, or pretty much all I would listen to was metal or yeah. hard rock. Yeah. And fucking fascists. Yeah. So this game's soundtrack is largely metal bands that are like Viking metal, sometimes pirate metal, uh, metal that fits into that genre of wouldn't feel out of place in a game with a bunch of uh, Norse imagery. Yeah, like Skalmud. Yeah. Um, and as much as I have really loved a lot of the stuff in the soundtrack and they've really picked a lot of very fun songs to drum to, there are three bands in this game that uh, I unfortunately... Have to have to have to go. I really can't play any of their tracks. Yeah, so it's um, Glory Hammer, Alestorm, and uh, what's the third one? Uh, uh, um, I, I'm pulling it up. I've I've lost my place on the apologies. list. Um, but yes, uh, yes. Uh, uh, Alestorm, Glory Hammer, and Nano War of Steel. Oh, Nano War of Steel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I knew about I knew about Alestorm. I didn't know that Alestorm were connected to Glory Hammer. Yeah. So the the short version is Glory Hammer. Uh, there was there was a leaked text thread. Um, most of their members, it seems, were viciously violent misogynists and racists. Yes. Um, absolutely fucking vile reading the shit that they were going back and forth with. Oh, yes. Um, apparently, the singer was the one person who like was not involved in that text chain and was like seemingly okay, who's now started a, a new solo project. Um, so that's something. But um, yeah, Ailstorm involved some of the same people as Glory Hammer and right. has many of the same sort of allegations against them. Yeah, I knew them. it was the I knew I think I knew that the lead singer of uh, of, of Ailstorm was Maybe, largely involved yeah. in that. I didn't know like about rest of the band I, stuff, I, but it was a case yeah. of oh well, uh, I guess I'm not listening to yeah. them more anymore. Uh Nano War of Steel, they have a bunch of old music like early in their discography that is just very fucking homophobic uh, okay. and is very rooted in um they, they were very South Park-esque in terms uh, of we're going to try and deliberately offend people and be like offensive for shock value. Yeah. yeah, and it's one of those like, yeah, you really cannot tell how much if that is um, we're just being edgy and how much is probably things they really believe. Yeah. So like there is a still a soundtrack of like other otherwise there are some really good tracks in there. It's just. I didn't think initially to do the thing that I really should have done, which I, it's because I haven't gotten list, like gone out looking for new metal bands in a while. I, I mean, that is the reason. Yeah. Like, there's so much shit going on with metal bands. Yeah. Like, and and it's like, but well, just, go back to the yeah. classics. It's like, well, no, because Iron Maiden have been horribly yeah. problematic. And in particularly, a number of ways. particularly when you're like any kind of metal band that would fit into a game with a lot of Norse mythology flying around. Yeah, because then you've got to deal with all the fascists who've yeah. basically, like, gone, We've, we're having all the runes and all, all of this well, and that and the other. that's and all the thing the... is, in, in the Guitar Hero style, where you've got things flying towards you that are going to, like, pass over your drums and you have to hit the drums when the things pass over, the things flying towards your drums are Norse runes. Be curious which runes they picked, and I would need to, I would need to check, but, uh, but yeah, but yeah, like from 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 the north, like genuine Norse pagan point of view, like I have been watching a few TikToks where people are like, "Look, I am a Norse pagan. I wear a lot of runes, but it is my duty mm. these days to go out of my way to make sure other people understand that yes. I am queer positive. Yep. I am." 
all, all race positive. Yep. And this is kind of the point is like Ragnarok, you are such an interesting game. If you are going to center yourself around that kind of Norse imagery, do your you, homework. You have a responsibility to do your homework and if stuff comes up, to consider maybe removing some stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, that is a thing that I know will be unpopular, but also like there, there are. But it's unpopular yeah. with the kind of people I don't give a fuck about. Well, that's so. that's my point, and I know that that's the visitors may not see the same, but it's a real shame because if yeah. it weren't for these like two or three bands, I this would be like big big system seller of PSVR two yeah. for me. Uh, like the the way I put it before I realized some of these bands were there was I was like I'm kind of happy that Beat Saber isn't at PSVR 2's launch because it's made me go and try this other music rhythm mm. thing that I might not have given a chance if the music rhythm thing everyone knows was there. Yeah. And the game is really fun, but with the caveat that I got given a free code and uh, then discovered there were some shitty bands in there and you've got to yeah. make... And, and you've also got to account that. for the fact that whatever else, uh, you, you know, even if you're not playing those particular songs yeah. by those particular bands, still... they will have still received licensing yeah, money you're still, for it. You're still buying it. They'll still make money out yeah. of it. And it's one of those, I own it now. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Um, didn't pay but, for it. No, but, yeah. di- didn't pay for it. And I w- I'm bringing it up while talking about mm. the things people should know about the bands. It and... is a shame because I, I think the most fun I had in Galaxy's Edge, apart from staring at things, yeah. at angles, perhaps that you know maybe weren't people's primary thoughts yeah. about things, was the there's the bit where you go into like a like a, a cantina and you're supposed to be chatting to the guy behind the bar and mm. your handler and i was just like oh there's like a piano thing over there and yeah. you play it with drumsticks and it felt yeah. really natural to just go i'm holding the things yeah and i can sort of hit these pads and get notes out of it and i can work out like roughly what tones they are and i can play that and it felt natural to go i understand how long my sticks are I yeah. can work out spatially where that is, and even though I'm not physically hitting anything, if anything, that's better for my wrists, which are bad. Right. That is how I felt about Ragnarok. It's just a real, real shame about those few tracks. Ugh. Yeah. Um, that's all my VR stuff. Have, have they responded at all? Because I imagine people have shouted <sighs> at the, the dev for this. I've I've not gone looking hugely. Yeah. I discovered this and was like, oh, that's a real shame. And then was very busy with other work stuff. Yeah, so. it has been a very busy week. It's been a very busy week. Have you played anything else this week? Um, not really. I haven't had time. I've, I've, I've just worked. Yeah. I've just worked on my holiday. Uh, well, I've got two other things I played very quickly. Yeah. Uh, my, my new Playdate games for this week. Oh, yes. Uh, There's also one other thing that I'd like to bring up before we oh, move out of yeah. games. Uh, what, do you want to do it now? Or? We can do that now. It'll kind of be a thing I brought up. Um, Sector's Edge. Oh yeah. yeah! You played some Sector's Edge, which is like first-person shooter, graphically somewhere between um, Minecraft and Trove. Yeah, it's there are certain elements that are definitely like a little blocky, but it's not like fully. It's definitely voxels. Yeah, it it's definitely it, it's more detailed than a Minecraft, but it's it's yes. definitely voxel. It's got more like lighting effects and stuff. But it does have that whole, we can make a destructive environment by building it out of voxels. Yes, uh, as demonstrated by some of the missions that are like, detonate this this explosive and then like half a building just explodes. Yeah, the trailers make it look 
pretty interesting. Yeah. There seemed to be some building stuff I saw you doing in, in Yeah, some of those. I wasn't very good at the building stuff, but I did a little bit of it. But the fact that it exists, yeah. I've noticed a few times where you'd be like shooting someone at range and they'd, and they'd be little... like in the middle of nowhere. It's like, there is no cover here. Ha ha, I will build my own. Yes. And one thing I like about that is there are certain pre bit like you don't just have to do block by block. There are certain pre-built shapes you yeah. have access to. So you're like, I'm just going to throw a wall. Emergency wall. Yeah. But I'm guessing like everything else, those are destructible. So they are, but they're last fairly for a few sturdy. Minutes. But yeah, like, but you know, if it gives you a couple of seconds to reload yeah. or whatever. Like, I think that is a really interesting idea, and since games like Fortnite have taken the building out of them, yeah. um, and I, I don't realise it wasn't super well implemented in that yeah. game, or useful, but I, I do still like the idea of first-person shooter with opportunity to build shit. Right. Maybe a mode where there's, like, base building, and then you just yeah. assault each other's keeps or whatever. Hmm. Might be quite fun. But yeah, it looked interesting, and we should probably talk about death mode. Yeah, yeah, so this is currently in beta, uh, but this is a mode that uh, turns off all in-game audio, but in exchange uh, does some light ray tracing of like where the sound would be going, and visualises that as coloured light that is more intense the uh, louder the sound, uh, and is colour-coded by, at the moment, three categories. It's gunfire, footsteps, and other. Okay, so you don't uh, actually know whose gunfire footsteps or other. So you just know that I believe it, uh, from what I understood from playing, um, footsteps, it doesn't show you your own team's footsteps. You can uh, see where your team are uh, on the minimap, so you know where your, te- your, your team are spatially. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it, it, it's um, largely, en- they try and focus it mostly on enemy, so you know if there's like, yeah. that sound is coming, there is an enemy doing that thing over there. Mm. Um, because obviously you know your own team's positions. Yeah, um, I mean, the, in the uh, Twitter video yeah. that they put out, I could sort of get an idea, uh, an understanding of what was happening. I think because they kept going into like a third person camera yeah. to show like in more detail what was happening. Like you would see someone walking along and there would be like a halo of colour coming off of yeah. them. And initially it just looks like a sort of a, a, a ring slightly away from them. And then it goes into almost like half-tone dots yes. as it moves further away. But then there's also like red stuff, which I'm guessing is like explosions. or uh, Red gunfire. is gunfire, yeah. Um, I found it more difficult to tell exactly what was happening. Maybe because I sort of turned off everything yeah. while I was doing video editing. But I was like, I'm not entirely sure what all these different lights mean. Maybe so, if I've yeah. been playing it. So that's the thing. Like, I've watched back that footage and it's interesting how different it feels when you've got your hands on the controls. I would imagine so. As opposed to uh, watching footage of it in isolation. Because mm. in isolation, watching the footage, it just looks like a lot of colour. But when you can sort of instinctively respond by turning towards colour, mm-hmm. it it is impressive how much see, see a colour turn analog stick a natural amount and you are facing the thing that made the sound. Mm. And I found I got on really well with it. Um, I'd be interested to try it because like, I I definitely struggle with um, directional sound. Yeah, same. Less so with really good headphones on. Yeah. But generally speaking like if I'm just watching something on the TV yeah. I have no idea. Sometimes even in like a cinema where the sound system is huge I can't tell what direction so, this thing is some, supposed to be coming from. Sometimes I'm totally fine at it. Sometimes I can't do it at all. Yeah. And it depends on... I've got my one weird ear that like comes and goes with how much it can hear. High five ear squad. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it is just easier to have like 
my eyes are much better at telling where a visual thing came from mm-hmm. than my ears doing the same. Yeah, thanks. Th- thanks to eye tracking, we have discovered the eyes of the MVP. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really interesting concept. Um, I won't go into too much depth because it's this week's accessibility topic, yes. but I, I find the choice to turn off sound while putting this setting on, I think is really interesting because mm-hmm. obviously the intent there is rather than offering the same tools to everyone, is offering a unique tool to people who cannot hear to try and level the playing field so that they can have an equal playing field competitively. And I think that is an admirable aim, and mm-hmm. it's a thing we see very little of in like competitive uh, game accessibility. Yeah, I am keeping an eye on this game. It is interesting, and it's definitely pushing the boat out in ways that I I appreciate the ambition. I th- I think it's interesting that they have used the concept of positional sound, which mm. a lot of games have used before, and the idea of them going we're going to have like voice chat on yeah. and they'll that will you'll be able to like hear if an opposing team yeah. are chatting to each other because you'll be closer to them. And then taking that system and going what if we made it colors on the ground? Yeah. Because dev tools will very often be like, we're trying to work out yeah. how like a cone of vision works. Okay, cool. Now we're going to turn cone of vision into an understanding for like stealth games. Yeah. And uh, like looking through walls in things like Deus Ex, that there's there's reasons for that in, from yeah. a dev point of view. And to go, hey, what if we just turned sound into sight so that yeah. deaf people could play too? And is yeah a really good idea. Genuinely, I really enjoyed playing with it. And if turning the sound off is the trade off to access that feature, it's definitely a feature I would use in, in, in some games. Mm-hmm. Anyway, watch yeah. this week's accessibility if you haven't already. Yeah. Uh, uh, only other thing I've played this week play is I've, I played my Playdate games for the week. Uh, so this week's games are Battleship Goddies. And so Battleship? Battleship Goddies. Goddies. G-O-D-I-E-S. Uh-huh. Uh, and Forest Burns Up in Smoke. Forest, oh no. Forest Burns being a name of a person, oh no. I believe. So Forest Burns is a park ranger. Okay. Oh no. That's the best way I can describe him as. And oh no, the forest is caught on fire. Go uh, save the people and uh, collect little collectibles that are like little forestry ba- forest uh, forestry badges. Okay. And collect little puzzle pieces that like help you fill in parts of like collectible trading cards. Uh huh. It's basically Shovel Knight. It's basically Shovel Knight. Right. But instead of being one big overarching adventure, it's sort of procedurally generated little missions of sides rolling left to right, fire is chasing you so there is a time pressure, uh, collect the collectibles and get to the end of the level without running out of lives. Okay. But it's Shovel Knight. You have a shovel. You use it for like, di- oh, a person's trapped in a ditch to sort of dig them out. Um, swing it sideways at a tree to knock the tree over to get across a gap. Um, do the shovel knight thing of bounce on your shovel to get extra height to get up to a ledge. It's very unapologetically shovel knight. Oh my. It's, it's forest ranger escaping a fire themed short bursts of levels shovel knight. Uh, See, when you said forest ranger putting out fires on the play date, I was like, oh, you're going to use the, the, the crank to like, oh no, no, you're not putting, you're not putting out the fires. You're running away from the fires (laughs) to get into a helicopter and fly away from the burning forest. Well, you should have had a controlled burn and then this wouldn't be spreading as widely as it is. Uh, the only use of something that isn't the, the regular controls, you use the crank occasionally to, uh, pull, pull a bucket up from a well. If there's like 
something in the well you need to collect. Uh, do the crank to, mm-hmm. to wind up the, the, the well. It's just it's just little bursts of knockoff shovel night. I'm not okay. opposed. But it is very unapologetic. Um Battleship Goddies is uh, it is interesting. I, I <laughs> just look of complete bafflement. It's, it's, I, I don't know how to explain. I don't know how to explain <laughs> this game. This game is like very unforgiving in its difficulty, but it mm-hmm. is essentially a side-scrolling like spaceship shooter where the gimmick is you have a limited number of bullets that will like you know you fire them, they bounce, they hit the enemy, they bounce off the walls, and eventually will start coming back towards you, and you need to catch your own bullets. Uh, by positioning yourself so that they hit you to come back into you, uh, sort of almost like like breakout in the sort of like be yes, ready where the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the 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 dot goes uh-huh. in order to get your bullet back to fire it again. Okay. If the bullet if if you don't collect your bullet on its return, you don't have that bullet now. Okay. Well, like the was it Titan Quest with the one arrow, the one arrow that you gotta fire and keep retrieving. Yeah, kind of. Um, and like. The first few levels are like there are usually not more than like two or maybe three ships at once, and you are trying to like uh, bounce your projectile uh, again, slightly breakout esque, to like hit the core of the ship, which might be initially like oh, there's a sort of like um, U-shaped alley, and like the core's at the end of it, so you just like fire into that and and like straight line shot, or it might be. There's almost like a uh, like a capital G shaped uh, like path inside this ship, and you're trying to like fire the thing so it'll bounce through there and get to the core in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll sometimes get power ups, which will do things like give you extra bullets so that you have more bullets to play around with. Mm. Um, it is it is a side scrolling shooter about getting your bullet where it needs to be to hit its target, and also catching your bullets back so that you can keep using them. Huh. If you take damage, you do get to rewind using the crank to rewind to a point of your choice to to start again from. Okay, so um, you put your, um, what is it, um, rewind function from the yeah. um, switch? Yeah, but you don't, you can't just rewind at any time. You can only rewind if you have, like, taken damage and lost a life. Okay. Which does, unfortunately, mean you're sometimes in a situation where you're like, I have no bullets left. I'm going to have to just um, cause myself to take damage so that I can rewind to a point before I lost my my bullets. Huh. And, like, it, it's... I wish I could just go, okay, just take away the life and let me rewind before yeah. I lost my bullet. It's a, it's a clunky way to do it. Mm. But I do like that when you restart, it's like, look, you don't have to restart any earlier in this level than you want to. Yeah. You can go back to a point where you have a bullet... And are as far into the level as like you think you're safe to to restart from. I do like that ability to choose where you restart the level. Yeah, good for all those games of I I don't want to have to walk past. It's that it's thing. just this one moment I'm struggling with. Let me just restart like right here. Oh, that'd be so good. Right, the number of games where it's been like. Yes, the problem was not me getting to this point. The the problem was the fact that it takes me so long to yeah. get this point. I cannot practice this set of actions. Right. I wish I could set it to have like more lives or something so that like I could do a bit more of that because I think it's three lives as your default. But I think three lives yeah. is, is well, so you don't actually get the life back once you've rewound. No, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's an interesting game. It's one I want to give more time to. It it's it is a fascinating concept that is definitely a little unforgiving, and I'm I'm getting my head around like the play style of it a little. 
So you've made some stuff on Playdate. Yeah. How easy do you reckon it would be to like pop those open and try and add infinite lives to? I suspect not easy for me because I suspect most of these games were made in were either made in Lua uh, Lua script okay. or if they were made in pulp script were converted to Lua script mm-hmm. because of the complexity of what's going on and how well they run. Right. One of the things I've been told is yeah, if you make impulse a pulp script, learn how to use a converter to convert it into Lua script to get it to run better. Hmm. Um, and I know nothing about Lua script, and these I would have to probably somehow reverse engineer them back into pulp script to have any understanding of what's going on to make tweaks. Interesting, because is... as I understand it, like Lua's been around for a, a decently yeah. long time now, because I think a lot of the Minecraft modding stuff uses Lua. Yeah, and it seems to be like one of those. Okay, kids, we've taught you how to use Scratch. Yeah. Here's Lua as your yeah. next step. And here's the thing. Maybe not insurmountable, but I'm trying to learn one thing at a time. Uh, so someone could probably do that. Me, mm. probably not. Curious. Uh, yeah, that's everything I played this week that I can talk about. <laughs> well then, time for this. Do you want a new tattoo? Yeah. Are you struggling to find time to do it? Yeah. Try temp tattoos. <gasps> Tell me more. They're not temporary tattoos. Oh, no, no, no. These are temporal tattoos. <gasps> get whatever tattoo you want. It will appear on your skin. But you will have to make sure that you go and get it done eventually. Because otherwise it won't have ever existed. And then you won't be able to know that you need to do the thing. But you can save up for it and go, that's a cool tattoo. And then you get the thing. And it's, it's, it goes backwards in time and is on your skin. At whatever point you wanted it from. I'll definitely remember to do that. Oh, we really didn't think about the people with ADHD, did we? No. Uh, welcome. Uh, I, I thank you for inviting me to be a uh, keynote speaker this year. I think we as landlords are not getting what we deserve. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I reckon it's been too long that we've been... Uh, you know, not appreciated enough societally. Which is why I'm like, uh, you know, first first to order a business, we should start asking for tips. If someone who just brings you a drink in a restaurant can get a tip, why can't I get a tip? I'm basically on 24-7 call-out, you know. That's what I tell them. Uh, Right, so, you know, why stop there? Why stop there? Maybe... We should get Christmas presents. <laughs> when they're all buying Christmas presents, why don't they never buy one for the landlord? What, do I not deserve a gift at Christmas? How about a monthly thank you card? You know, I do so much by providing a home. Why not write me a little card that says thank you for allowing me to pay to pay off your mortgage? And that, even more than that, maybe weekly letter about how much I'm appreciated. You know, make them send a letter every week that, you know, if it's not good enough, if I don't believe they sincerely appreciate me, maybe they don't live here anymore. I think, you know, I, I think these are all pretty good cells that are gonna they're gonna do a good job of getting us, you know, what we deserve. I think if we demand these things, we will get exactly what we deserve. Um, we've got a delivery for you. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, should I just wheel it out here? Sure. Okay, then. Okay, um, uh, so I think someone sent you a gift wrap something. It's very big. Oh, that's wonderful. I'll open it right now. Oh, who sent me a guillotine? We did. Get him. Ah. Your reign of terror is over. So, huh. 
What have you put in your eyes? Uh, we watched Quantumania, <laughs> that Ant-Man film. So if anyone wants to know about what we thought of, of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, we forgot to talk about it four days after we watched it. I, I, I enjoyed it for what I enjoyed it. Was. It... I, I, it, was, it was silly, it was funny. The, like, a lot of the more surreal imagery was yeah. just beautiful I, to look at. I, I don't think it's as bad a film as people have made it out to be. I don't know how bad people have made it out to be because oh, I haven't watched any People have been like, oh, worst MCU thing full stop ever. Oh no. I didn't want to yeah. walk out 15 minutes in. It wasn't Age of Ultron. Come on. It's, it's no fucking, um, uh, what was it? Captain uh, Winter uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, because again, I watched all of that. Yeah, this, this was like, this has its problems. Don't get me wrong. It it's very and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened to like get to the plot like it feels like they they had too much they wanted to do and not enough time to necessarily naturally get to some of where they wanted yeah, to get to yeah it's got both the energy of a middle movie yeah. and a first movie in a in a sort of new character series. yeah but the 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 first the character that is is the first movie for is it doesn't turn up for like half the movie it, it's it's a film that spends a lot of time requiring you to just accept that things happen and not really know why or how. Yes. But there are some fun characters. There are some genuinely like funny and sweet moments. Yes. Yeah. I there there were moments I like got a real good genuine chuckle out of. There was that moment where we sat there going, "Why are all movies the problem that they did not talk to each other?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. This is a film that has a lot of moments I enjoyed and is definitely not a well-made film. It, it's a film with a lot of structural problems that I had a lot of fun with. I, I don't have the analytical skills or, or understanding of movie maker to get movie making to go that, that it had structural problems. I sat in the movie theatre yeah. for however long that was and went, Enjoying, in, in, enjoying the yeah. graphics, enjoying the things, making up my little silly thoughts about what will happen, and then talking to you about yeah. it on the we, ride home. We had interesting thoughts about it. It's one yeah. of those films that, like, we at least came home and had a lot of discussion points and yeah. things that made us think of things. How how we tie this to things we have already seen in yeah. MCU. It's, like, I certainly... Don't regret going and seeing it. No. Like, don't don't give money if you don't have to. Uh, Disney money if you don't have to. No. But like, I, it was it was a fun time. Plus, it was a nice to get out of the house. Well, we don't do that very often. Exactly. It was an excuse for us to get out of the house. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's that a lot of the like quantum realm stuff is beautiful, yeah. and I love like yeah. fucked up surrealist uh, imagery that that and and all the abstract nature that that presents. And I think yeah. I, or at least I hope that the the artist who worked on this had a brilliant time just going fucking wild. There was some good alien stuff that felt properly alien. I, I don't know how much of that is stuff that's lifted yeah. from the comic books or from cartoon series or whatever. Yeah. But like, I I enjoyed what I, I saw. I will say it. It felt. I did feel a little cheated that it felt at one point like there was gonna be a consequence for something and then just very quickly they were like, nah, don't worry about consequences. Uh, I'm specifically thinking uh, the to do with the ending. Oh, yes. Yeah. It 
it feels it feels sometimes like maybe there should be a consequence and it would be very satisfying for there to be a consequence. It did feel like an odd choice to be like, ah, the thing. Yeah. No, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that that fear of having an actual consequence was a little, yeah. But I think that would have been a more interesting read right. up. But maybe, Ooh. maybe, the, maybe the Kevin bot has decided that um, well, certain things have to happen. I mean, in a that's, way. that's the thing is is like consequences are great, but we have future plans that we need. Then things. why write the consequence in the first place? Write my point. <laughs> like if you've got future plans that don't involve that consequence, yeah. don't, make don't, your, make don't make your don't make your finale a, the the consequence that you can't commit to. Yeah. That that was a point. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, the the purple friend with the slime. Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. I enjoyed the, that that character. I I, I enjoyed that. What's his face from the Good Place was in it. Yeah, Chidi. Yeah, uh, I do not remember what that character's name was. I I I liked the way that yeah. person's powers were played. <laughs> I liked uh, Angie person with the uh, um, uh, Senua. Yeah. <laughs> um, from from Senua's Sacrifice <laughs> or whatever that character's called. Yeah. I thought they were interesting and, and kind of a badass and, and that weapon. Ooh. Yeah. Um person with light cylinder for a head. Yeah, was with the jam jar pulsar. electric jam jar? Electric I don't know, jam- but yeah. it was cool. It was very cool. That was a very cool character design. I I enjoyed that. I, Bill Murray's character could have been literally anyone. Yeah. Um I I did not realise I was going to feel so deeply invested in a house. Yeah. There, there is a couple of scenes. Watch the houses in the background. There are a couple of scenes where it's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yay. But <laughs> I, got, I got very attached to the houses. Yeah. I don't think we talked about that afterwards, but that was like a, a big yeah. thing. Like, yeah. There's a couple of key scenes in, in, involving those. I was like, uh, have you watched anything else? Um, yeah, I yes. watched a defunct land video uh, called "The Bizarre Garfield Dark Ride." Is this the one about the the the? How was it? The like the log ride? Uh, the tunnel of love. The tunnel of love. Yeah, yeah. That they turned it into like neon Garfield. Yeah. Ride. So it was about like so it's ostensibly about. Uh, there was a genre of ride that was like ride on a log through. Usually, it started off as like through an old mill was the thing. I think it was called and, the old mill. Yeah, and time. like they became quite popular and became like popularized under the colloquial name the Tunnel of Love because teenagers um, would go on them for yeah. smooching. Yeah, and it was sort of a history of one of of like that that ride's history into one of them being turned into a notorious um, neon filled Garfield ride. Uh, that slowly was, decayed. That was trying to use like three D glasses tech and was full of product placement. Um, like the tech was fascinating because yeah. I did not know half of that stuff about yeah. like particular kinds of lenses with neon paint yeah. that, and UV light that, that that just makes certain colors appear to be more forward than others. Yeah. Uh, but it ended up kind of just being an interesting, sweet story about the history of these rides and the place the role they filled societally like the end of that video was just like a really interesting discussion of like their function as the tunnel of love and like there were some really nice little stories about like queer people who Mm -hmm. used them as like a place where they could make out and no one was gonna see or like have a go at them and like 
it was an interesting history of a thing that like tangentially you know looked at a weird pop culture thing that existed if anything the garfield bit was the least interesting part of that the, entire the garfield bit was a hook to get you into an interesting discussion of the history of the tunnel of love i guess so but yeah. like, it was a fascinating watch the whole like the whole thing decaying in, in those last few years yeah and like them just sort of giving up on the 3d aspect of it it's like yeah we're not going to repaint these yeah. Some bits have been stolen. <laughs> um, it's now too bright in here, really, to be used yes. as a tunnel of uh, love in the way they used to be. Uh, people, people start in the game of trying to throw their glasses into the mouth of like the dog in the Garfield ride because the, the glasses didn't really work anymore. The the uh, the the just the town where that place was. Yeah. And, and their sort of love hate relationship with the thing. I have all these memories of this as a teenager. They've changed it. They've changed it again. They've changed yeah. it back. And and the, the push-pull of, we love it, we love it, we hate this version, we hate this version, we hate this version. And, and like, every new thing being yeah. despised yet loved by yeah. whichever generation, like, had that it's, connection with that version of it. It's a worthwhile watch. Yeah. It's real interesting. I, th- I think I watched it a while ago, yeah. and it, it's a good one. I watched it this week, and it was yeah. neat. Uh, what about you? Did you watch anything this week? Uh, it's not been a, a watch everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I've watched about 16 hours of uh, Sky and playing uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen. I I know more about Final Fantasy fourteen than I did before. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, there's there's some funny jokes in there. If you want to see some visual stuff that I've thrown in, uh, you, can, you can enjoy all yeah. that stuff. There's not a bunch of editing. We watch, we watch more Picard. There's we another did. episode of Picard. Um... I'm real intrigued. Uh, two episodes in, it still feels like we are in deep setup territory. Yes. Like we've we've at least like now f- seen the threat and like the sort of stakes and. Um, we we I mean we don't necessarily or... know that the two things are connected that yeah. have been like big yeah. things, but I well I mean I imagine they probably are, but I. I I definitely am already getting vibes of they're trying to set up a spin-off with the final Picard season. Yes. Yeah, I really been... feel like they're trying to they're trying to angle for a spin-off. Maybe so. Uh but like it's it's also done that whole thing that we've had in in Picard in general of hey, it's that person you like, yeah. they're back. But now it's like it's that person you like, it's their kid. Yeah. Because we've had, like, LaForge's kid in, yeah. in the first episode on, on the bridge crew. I... There are certain characters, not necessarily the new ones they're introducing this season, but there are characters I wouldn't mind having spin-offs about, like Raffi. I'd take yeah. an entire, like, Raffi spin-off. Give us a Raffi spin-off. Yeah, you don't need to introduce... She's one of the most interesting new characters from, from season yeah. one. You don't need to introduce, like, new new characters this season to try and, like, go, oh, maybe, maybe we do that. Just... Give us Raffi and Seven Space Rangers. <gasps> I would watch right? the shit out That's of that That's exactly show. what I want. That's perfect. <laughs> um, but, like, I- I'm, having, I'm having fun with it even... Even if I don't know exactly where it's going yet, but like, I think they've set up a good ominous threat. Yeah, and I I like the performance of that one person who yes. is like the current figurehead of the of the threat. Um, did a very good like. Um, reminds me a lot in performance style of um person from Tank Girl. Oh, like Michael McDowell. Uh, no, no, no. Um. Person who plays t- person who plays Tango. Oh, Laurie Petty. Yeah, Laurie Petty. The weirdly Laurie Petty vibes in the performance. Smokes a cigar. 
Um, and it's is a bit manic about a, things. A little bit sort of like, I'm going to I'm going to very calmly and slightly sweetly talk about how fucked you are. Yes, but she's way more sinister than Tank Girl, who's just yeah. like, ha ha, fuck I, you. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying the same, but like, it, it's, if you took like Laurie Penny and Tank Girl, but was like, seriously wanted to see, see you suffer... Yes, right. It's a little bit that she's way more sadistic. Yeah, it's an in like it just reminded me a little bit, but yeah, it's it's good villain vibes, and I think I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah, because um, okay, I'm, I'm I'll save it for next week. But I I have thoughts that I I would vocalize, but maybe give people time to have, have had a proper watch of that because. I don't think it's been out very long yet, and Holmes can say. But, yes, excited by the series, by what's going on, and once again I am less interested by the, the return characters. Woo, we yeah. might or might not have Blazing Bev back, who knows. How long? Well, it's been a long time since TNG, and they're all looking a bit worse for wear. And, yeah. oh, Patrick Stewart's voice. Wow. I, I don't know how much of that is acted, but it really sounds like he's lo- lost like a lot of power in his voice, mm. which is understandable. He's getting on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just hope. I hope they're having fun. I hope they're all having fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think that's the most important thing. But yeah, enjoying it visually, stunning. It's got another one of those credit sequences of. There's probably <laughs> shit to work out if you yeah. are, but to know what those things are. Yep. Which which has been like a highlight of of both seasons interestingly this one just goes straight into the episode yeah there's none of that like hey we're gonna like do some music it's like nope we're going get on with it show now show up and now get on but yeah uh enjoying it so far either that or it is there and i've just tuned it out every week i I don't remember seeing it either so same i think we're probably correct (laughs) ADHD. adhd Have you watched anything else? No, that's it for me, really. Aww. You? Uh, not really. Not, not really. I've been working. Yeah, same. I've been working, you know, same, on, same, on my same. time off. It's been a busy one. It has. Well then, time for this. Got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you have the uh, da, da? I do have the ADHD. I do got that one. Yeah, you got that one. Yeah, yeah. Or, or any other memory conditions. I mean, yeah, my memory is real shite. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Well, what if there was a thing you could do? <gasps> I wish there was a thing I could do. There is a thing you can do. This is so I remember. Dot <gasps> Tell me more. Well. If you've got something to contribute to a conversation, right? You've been there. We've all been there. You're like, someone has said a thing that's tricked a, th- a, tri- a tripped a thing in my brain. And like, I want to say the thing, but I can't just blurt it out because they but, are still talking. But, and that would be rude. But if I don't say it now, I will forget it, though, yes. is the problem. And then you'll have that immense sense of loss and, like, failure because yeah. you couldn't remember it. And you'd got to the, like, the end right. of the thing and, like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, and... They're, they're I mean, just uh, oh no, or even worse, yeah, yeah. people could see in your face that you ha- had something to contribute, and then they go, "Oh yeah, what was it you were going to say?" And you then have to admit that you forgot yeah. it. And they, yeah. Oh, well, what about so I remember? How's that work? So I remember it. It's got like special brainwave brain. It's got special brainwave monitoring that will log your thought 
and allow you to check a list on your phone to remember what it was once there's a lull in the conversation. It will detect like the sound waves and things. Oh, there, there, there it is. That that is what I was gonna say. It's even got a little alert if you forgot that you even had something to say. <gasps> oh, it's my phone's buzzing in my pocket. I did have something to say, didn't I? Yep, there it is. It oh. says, "So I remembered." Lulled at night. Enter the code QMPS two hundred and fifty. Oh, that's good. I almost forgot. And get your free month's trial of this completely free app. That is free. Hooray! So I remember at lol.net. Tell them we sent you for some reason. It's good for the analytics. Mm. No one likes an unanalytic. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, the workers, the uh, code monkeys, the drones. Uh, the drones, drones, are uh, apparently they're complaining. Okay. So, uh, I get the flogger, we go down there, and we deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I feel like I should probably at least address why they're complaining, you know? Not that it's gonna make a difference, but so that you you know the flavor of, uh, of complaint we're getting. I mean, it helps me come up with, like, new ways to put them down for being slackers, yeah. you know? If I, yeah. You know, if I have that, you know, I can write some good material, you know, make something really cutting before I go do it down there. Exactly. So, uh... So what is it? It's, uh, the team we've had working on that, uh, that, that, uh, space open world exploration game for, like, eight years, uh... The, the oh, one that yeah. was a sequel to that very, you know, like, like, you know, very, very normally scoped single-player experience, and we were like, yeah, let's make it an open world... Yeah, yeah. Whatever. We took, you know, we took the popular thing, and we were like, how can we make this what we want how can we make this nothing like the thing that people are asking for how can we wrap that thing around money get to exactly open world means more ex- more things that could you could charge money for yeah right so we've had them working away and they've just like you know we we told them we didn't want to do procedural generation because people were complaining at the time that that's yeah. like uh, that was they, out they, of suck yeah yeah so, so Apparently, eight years into making an entire handcrafted galaxy, uh, every single planet, no procedural generation, handcrafting every planet, uh, working solidly seven days a week for uh, eight years, apparently they're uh, feeling burned out and uh, I mean, can't keep this up. I'll be honest, I kind of forgot that the third floor was there at all, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, we had, like, there's... The, the the common place. Yeah. For not not for us, no, but for no. you know, the peons. And then, you know, there's like HR security, the canteen, and then there's like the dev floor, and then there's like a, a that empty space that I haven't really thought about, and us up here. Yeah. And you know, we're the important important ones and you know, it's usually straight down to the executive car park and, yeah. and, and out. We'll see. But Here, apparently that that whole yeah. middle section they've just been working away for it. Yeah, I I thought we cancelled it. Like that's the yeah. pro- the thing is like we, especially I, after the, yeah. the one guy left. Yeah, I would never have said yeah you can work on this for eight years. I'd have said you know uh, get it out the door in whatever shape it is, it's in in a year. So yeah, like, right, and yeah, we'll have a roadmap. You know, yeah. So like my thinking is we go down there and we tell them, hey, don't you dare tell us you're uh, burned out. If you've spent eight years on this and haven't yet crafted uh, 35 uh, uh, unique handcrafted detailed real, uh, you know, one-to-one scale digital planets. Right. Uh, we each with uh, multiple cities and countries and uh, their own, you know, 
entire ecosystems. If you haven't done that in eight years, you've been slacking. Right. And if you've been slacking, you can't be burned out. So right. work harder. Yeah, and for less money. Exactly, because you've clearly been paid too much for too long. Yeah, in fact, you owe us some of that money back, because clearly you've been exploiting us. I feel exploited. I feel exploited, too. So, I mean, and, oh, and, uh, so it's handcrafted, right? Yeah, You want yeah, it yeah. to be, uh, individual, creative. What if we ran, how many people are down there? Uh, I lost track at this point. Uh, what, how many hundred do we need? or so? Yeah, maybe. Okay, what if we just ran, like, a hundred instances of that whole AI thing that writes code? I mean... It's not procedural generation if we procedurally right. generate handcrafted levels, I Right, think. we said the game wouldn't be procedurally generated. We didn't say that we wouldn't procedurally generate the devs. You are fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Basically nothing this week. Basically what have you nothing? listened to? Uh, I, I listen to some music. I listen to a little, little bit of music. I've been... Putting some tunes on. I've uh, been trying to make the effort to like listen to more music. Because I realise I have been deep in podcasts for a while. I can yeah. only talk about the same podcasts. Especially the kind of podcasts I listen to yeah. so many weeks in a row. It's like, mm, it's that show again. Or I, it's, that, yeah. it's that thing where people talk about video games I again. Mean, I've not been great at it the last few weeks. But that's the thing. I've, you know, I've used this show as an excuse to try and make myself listen to new music. Yeah, I mean, like, also just like, I think part of it is I get worried that if I listen to too much music, I'm going to end up recreating it next time I'm sitting down to make my own music. Yeah, that's And fair. then... Then I'm gonna get like copyright hits for for stuff. Yeah, I've already had people go. Oh, this really reminds me of X. It's like, ah, oh, shit. Now I have to go and definitely listen to that and make sure that I haven't like accidentally. I don't know what they call it? Like subliminal. Yeah. Recreations. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I did the thing. Like, we can't all be um, Billie Eilish and be like, yeah, it's it's literally Plants vs Zombies plus a a crossing noise. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us have to go, yeah, I'm trying to do something new and original, and I plucked this out of my head, and when I was playing the notes, I was like, that, that, that's a fifth, and, and that's like, a, that's, that's like a, a third, and that's a thing, and the notes go uppy downy, and, and that good. Oh no, I've recreated something, because there are only so many chords and notes. Yeah. And rhythm structures. Yeah. And, yeah, try, trying to do your best to make it original, but, yeah, I listened to um, a... Um, one of the one of the Jungle Cakes mixes. It's uh, Ed Solo and DJ Decline. It's uh, Welcome to the Jungle, Volume Two. Ooh. Uh, there's basically it's uh, two albums of drum and bass or, or two CDs of drum and bass. I'm not listening to them on CD, but that's <laughs> how they were released originally, uh, with um, like a mixed version of all of the tracks at the end of. Or at the end of the the second CD, yeah. it's like cool. There's like hours of of, of like good mixed drum drum and bass. <sighs> it's Jungle Cakes. It's got that typical Ed Solo uh, Jungle Cakes vibe. I I like a lot of the stuff. I am realizing more and more that Ed Solo coasts by on like the same twelve tracks a lot. Yeah, uh, like the Jungle Cakes Volume One was like, ah, oh, cool. This is all the classics. But vol Volume Two, I'm going. A lot of these tracks aren't as good as the selection from the first one. 
And a few of them are like different mixes of the same track with possibly different lyrics that were used on on previous stuff that I've really enjoyed of his. Yeah. And it's like, mm, feeling a bit retready. Is is Ed Solo one of those ones that mentions his name in tracks? Like, Ed Solo. Yeah, but I mean, you get that a lot with DJs yeah. anyway. Like they have I mean, the little producer yeah. loop. My, my point being, Watermark. I mean, is oh, I'm I'm very surprised that someone that would repeatedly just shout their own name in tracks might might reuse things that they've done before audibly. Yeah, <laughs> I I I just watermark my tracks because of people stealing, and that's why it says mm-hmm. you're listening to bedroom programmer at the beginning of every track. That's a watermark. No, it's your, not the your stuff is all your stuff is all original. I was I was making a joke at his, I know, ex- I was, at his expense. I was also being silly and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, justifying myself. But yeah, it's been a lot of that. Not a lot of um uh, music s- stuff apart from that. I listened to two hours of drum and bass, which was a nice excuse to have a bit of a move around before getting back to work. Yay! Yay! Are you listening to anything else at all? No, it's just uh, been video game soundtracks. I got really into. I, I really enjoyed a track, and then was like, "Oh no, I can't enjoy this track." And that's been my week. Yeah, I I enjoyed a track. Uh, I think it was called "Dig Dig Dig," and it's by uh, someone on that uh, yes. thing. Is it um Winter Rose or something like that? Uh, Wolf Metal. Uh, Windrose? Windrose. I think it was Windrose. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. That, that was good. track turned up on TikTok this week and I was like, that sounds fun. Yeah. And I was like, uh, well, I will Google them with, um, like controversy, homophobia, transphobia, racism. Nothing came up. Yeah. But one, the, the fact that that is my reaction to every bit of metal I, I listen to says a lot about metal especially if it has sort of vikingy dwarven vibes yeah i'll try and find the tracks quickly from ragnarok that i did enjoy that were from bands that i couldn't find any controversies about i did have to get over the uh the 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 stumbling block that was yeah but that's not that track i was enjoying that i've now had to throw in the bin Mm -hmm. as is sometimes Mm -hmm. the way um yeah windrose's tracks were all really fun uh drunken dwarves mine 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 to erebor uh were all real fun um, oh, Ultra Vomits, Evia Metal. Uh, How much heavier? <laughs> yes, this is heavier. Uh, the SIDH, the SID, uh, have a track called Heroes. It's it's very, like, it's metal, but it's definitely got some, like, dance music influences in it. Um, nice. And some sort of, like, big orchestral swells that were uh, neat in combination. Um, uh... Join the Riot by Paddy and the Rats was, like, very fun. It's, like, not taking itself too seriously, slightly comedic pirate rock. Oh, and um, that's why I used to listen to uh, Ailstorm. Right, it's it's that vibe I was looking for. They 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 had, like, that was a pretty fun track in that regard. You'll have to Google um, them. Yeah, what other ones were on the, like, good and okay list? Um, oh, Cell Kilt? C-E-L-K-I-L-T? Uh, next one down was a was a kind of fun track. There's a lot of like um, uh, there's a lot of like flute and wind in, wind instrument Ooh. stuff in with the sort of like piratey rocky metal, uh-huh. which is like yeah, that was a, that was a fun, uh, fun combination. Uh, those are the ones that I remember. I think it. I think those were the ones that uh-huh. I remember enjoying. Oh, um, Sons of O Fla- 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 Flaherty. Flaherty. 
um, Dead and Gone was pretty fun. Um, <coughs> if nothing else, the, yeah. the track titles for these are, are entertaining. Right. Uh, I think if, from a quick skim of the track list, I think those were the ones. I know they're all from bands that weren't on the controversial list. And I think they were the ones I enjoyed. No one immediately went, those are problematic. I, I googled all the common ki- kinds of bigotry and the band name and nothing came yeah, up. Yeah, that is that is my standard reaction to most metal these days. Yeah. Uh, so those are things I listened to. They were all fun tracks to drum to. Also, if you are listening and you happen to know the kinds of metal that we might enjoy but not to buy problematic people. Do feel shit. Uh, feel free to hit me up on the Discord. I've, we, we, I've got a Discord. You've got a Discord. Yeah. Uh, on my Patreon or possibly your Patreon. I don't know how much stuff gets yet on yours. Um, no. Do, 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 us, do us a link. Tell us the things. Tell us the good yeah. stuff that isn't problematic. Because I'd love to find more of that. Love metal. Hate racism. Yeah. Well then. Remember <gasps> this. Are you self-employed? Yeah. Do you have the adada? Yeah. Do you struggle turning off and, and actually just giving yourself a bit of a rest? Yeah. Do you get to the end of what should have been some time off and go, I didn't actually have any rest or, or, or do anything when I should have done it. In fact, I just worked. Yeah. Give yourself permission slips. You can send them back through time, just allowing you to just not. You deserve to just not. Oh, this one says you can have a little bath. <gasps> oh. Yeah, just take some time off from a bath. <gasps> I know you've been working 90 hours, but what if instead a little bit of a rest? Oh, that sounds lovely. Well, this one says go outside. <gasps> like, I've looked at the outside and I've been like, hmm, the days are getting longer and I would like to see the sun, but somehow... Whole day slipped past and I haven't actually left the house. I've just been working. <gasps> well, now you've got permission. I gave myself permission. Thanks, future me. Permission slips. Apparently they're able to completely avoid paradoxes, so you don't have, ever have to worry about writing them for yourself. Thanks, permission slips. Thanks, week of projects that don't cause paradoxes too much. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Soft Report. I am Lord Percival. And I am Mittens. Meow. Meow, indeed. Today on the Soft Report, we are going to talk about all the things that have gone up in popularity and things that have gone down in popularity. This week, being soft is very good and is very popular. Soft stocks are way up. Having a nap in the middle of the day stocks are also up. Lowering the blood pressure of our cohabiting humans way up, unlike their blood pressure. Being hungry down. Big, big fan. Not a fan. Not Not a fan fan of of hungry. Gift of almost dead bird way down. Very down. They did not like the gift of bird. So remember, do not put any of your stock in almost a dead bird's. Even if the even if you are convinced that your human doesn't know how to hunt and, and you should be helping them, you might think it's not fair that the man in the green overalls comes every week with big baskets and and delivers food at the floor, but you're not allowed to do that. Don't worry, his stock's way up somehow. Bird, not so much. 
because humans have weird taste flavors <laughs> but that needs more research research into humans that's still plateauing it's not 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 make money big big pass big up big up big pass they are good more of that that concludes this week's the soft report next week is the jingling coming from somewhere around your neck <gasps> we ask professor fluffy bottom do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Larry. How you doing? Oh, not bad, mate. Not bad. You been, you been up so much? Oh, just being exhausted by the world, you know. Yeah, yeah, relatable, relatable. Yeah, my uh, particular flavour of uh, exhausted frustration this week has been uh, another article in the uh, the British media about trans people. Oh, I'm shocked. You know, how, how many hundreds is is that in, uh, what are we, end yeah. of February now? Exactly, exactly. And this is not going to be a surprise, but in one of these, it appears that uh, a transphobe may have just told a blatant, bit, like, unbelievable bold-faced lie about the trans community and been uncritically believed. Shock, I know. Shocked. I mean, I mean... It feels like this one of all of them is uh, it's, it's interesting from the point of view of usually is just entirely made up you, bullshit. Yeah, usually they just make up a thing completely out of nowhere. It feels like this one they were maybe struggling around and they were just like, if I replace one word, exactly, I can take I can take a real interaction that happened and tweak just like one tiny thing and make it. A reason to legislate against trans people. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like you know, it, it's uh, it, people it, in jeans must be stopped. Yeah, it was it was quite a thing to try and explain to people who hadn't heard about it that that you know th- that allegedly some trans person had just out of nowhere gone you know oh I'll dry my hands off on my penis. Yeah. In the middle of a bathroom, you know, as trans trans women are known to do, just loudly. Oh, yeah, they love drawing attention to it. Yeah, loudly drawing attention to their own trans status and their genitals in yeah. a space where they might be a threat for you know being in that space. And uh, oh, that that article is like fucking ridiculous because like you know now that we've we've heard from seemingly the person that uh, that story was about, who was like, no, I said I'd draw my hands on my jeans and transphobe dis- either willingly or you know just because it's all that's on their mind when they're around a trans person heard the word penis uh, in their head and yeah. ran with it yeah i mean uh, i can can see your average transphobe either being the, the there's the ones that shout penis at, at, at every like rally or whatever they're having or, or any time a trans person is speaking and i imagine that just like that word just runs on a constant loop in their head and you know that that's they just put that in. Yeah. Uh, or, as you say, you know, they, they, they got to the point of just a lack of creativity. And were like, how can I make this? I'll say they, they, they talked about their penis. I mean, look, I, 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 I can understand how if you wanted to make a believable lie about trans people, you'd root it in a real thing and just change one word because then you can keep your story straight. Well, I've always imagined that they weren't that creative. But, you know, they, they, they do say that if you're going to, you know work on some kind of fiction maybe base it in sort of reality so that uh, you know you can 
build from that in a believable manner. Yeah. Well, the thing about that that particular that particular uh, opinion piece that uh, that happened in is it turns out there's also several other lies in it that can be oh, probably yeah. untrue. Uh, one of them was a story about going to uh, an opticians and trying to buy some glasses, and oh, I tried the glasses on and they were way too big for my head because they were men's glasses, and I asked, oh, why why didn't you label them men's glasses for big man heads? And the opti- uh, the opticians were like, oh, we mix them all up together. We don't we don't gender them anymore. Except you can go on their website and look, and they definitely do have gendered categories for their glasses like that. To to say that as a company they have gotten rid of gendering of glasses is just a lie. I mean, it's- I wish they would, but you know, I've I've always known that glasses came in various face widths because human skulls are not one size exactly. Fits all. But the point being that like. It's it's not even just the one thing. It's just a lot of it's just a lot of invented scenarios that no one's gonna you know call them out on because they're you know, Daily Mail readers and yeah. they're the kind of people who believe that shit uncritically. Yeah. They've written this for people who do not want to be told it's wrong because it reinforces what they believe, and it's it's important to be vocal about these things because like you know. So so often when when transphobes lie about trans people, they invent a thing out of complete whole cloth that just never happened, and it's hard to prove a thing that never happened never happened. Well, indeed, you know you can. They'll be like, "Well, prove that it didn't happen." Yeah, proving a negative is real fucking hard. But this is one very rare example where, because it seems they have twisted an event that did really happen, that we can point and go, "No." you have heard a thing you wanted to hear because you hate trans people, and it's important to use this as an opportunity to go, the media did not check your claims at all, and, uh, you know, you are currently trying to push anti-trans legislation on a thing that is a lie. And, like, that is important to talk about. Oh, yes. Uh, it's tiring, though. Exhausting, mate. She fancy a hug? Oh, yeah. <sighs> Ah, good old mate, good old. Yeah, good old. Right, I think I'm going to uh, go and have a nap, I think. Oh, same. Nice, nice. So, <gasps> we done a book. We did done a book. We done done a book. Do you want to tell people about that book? It's called Who Hunts the Whale. It's it's a satirical book about the video game industry that's definitely not based on anything real. It's entirely fictional. Um, yeah, um, I, p- people have enjoyed it. Many people have said it was very readable. Someone I I am friends with outside of 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 video games and being online messaged me and be like, "Hey, I bought the book. I backed it. You clearly didn't notice at any point, and I didn't. And they didn't advertise it. They were just like, "Hey, I've just finished it. I really enjoyed it. It was very readable." So I'm getting it from all sorts of people now. I think yeah. like seven or eight people have been like, yep, read it, loved it. It was it was very manageable. And yeah, you could join those people. And if you've already read it, you could maybe get another copy and give it to someone as a gift. Or just as an emergency backup copy in case you've stroked the front cover of your primary copy too many times. <laughs> you, you could do that. You could give them as gifts to loved ones as opposed to other things that are not good. Get a good book. 
Uh, you you do other things though that aren't this. I do do other things that aren't this. What, uh, what are those things? I mean, you can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere: Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Just Laura K Buzz. You'll find me on all the things. Um, the same day that this goes up for non-patron people, uh, will That's be Sunday. Yeah, on on the Sunday is the same day that season ten of Dice Funk kicks off. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, we are already like. 14 episodes deep into recording season oh. 10 uh but the gimmick with the season is that uh half the season i am a player and half the season i am a dm yeah we've got two uh concurrent we've got two different parties of players with two different dms telling two uh separate group stories but they're in one connected world and they're all gonna sort of come together together yeah. it's Two two sides of a story that'll come together. Yeah. It is a really interesting creative challenge, and I'm really happy with both uh, as a player and as a DM. I think it's some of the best dice funk I've I've been involved in. I'm so happy with it. I'm very excited I, to hear it. I can't I've kind of dropped yeah. off that that show, and uh, that I, saddens me because I, 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 a lot of people have said similar things. And if you were looking for an opportunity to hop back in, I think this is going to be it. I think this is. One of our best seasons in a long time, and I am so excited for people to start listening. I am excited for you DMing. I am excited for Austin as player, as well as Austin <laughs> as DM. Yep, Aust- Austin as player, and it's the balancing act is all Austin knows if he does anything too chaotic as a player. <laughs> I'm a player in his sessions, and I can be equally chaotic back. Oh. So we- we're keeping each other's <laughs> chaos tendencies in check somewhat. Um, but it's been really fun, like, telling two halves of a story with, like, minimal... Like, I'll tell you just enough that you don't step on my toes and vice versa. Occasionally messaging yeah. each other being, are you using this character next yeah. arc or can I borrow yeah. them? Uh, yeah, or sort of like, okay, let's talk in vague terms about, like, where we see our stories ultimately going and how those might line up mm. uh, so that we can sort of just sort of steer our boats towards the same destination. Mm-hmm. Without telling each other how we're going to get to that destination. Yes. It's been a really fun little experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's starting soon. What about you? Where are you on the internet? Where am I on the internet? Well, I've been on an episode of Dice Funk recently. You have? With you yeah. and others. Yeah, we, we were on a new Shardpoint one shot. Mm. Uh, we were uh, Eldritch Dead. Oh, I was going to say Eldritch. We were demigods. Mm. We, were, we were patrons for, for Warlocks. We're going out doing a nice little shopping spree to to get something nice for our warlocks. Yeah. And, and we we got to play the patrons, which was silly. You you were that was it? Were you you were Gam- uh, G- Gambella? Gambella. Yeah. yeah and, and like basically, what if what if the god of wild magic or, yeah. or, or demigod what, of wild what magic? What if a wild? What if someone was giving you definitely wild magic and not just doling out good and bad magic to you, depending on what was going to get you most invested in praising your patron? As were you a whale warlock? hunting? I might have been. It would have been. It would have been hilarious whale. if if your warlock had been like whalekin or something. I mean, look, I didn't want to go too on the nose <laughs> that I'd been thinking about who hunts the whale around <laughs> launch, and that that was where I came with the character from. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. We had a lot of silly fun with that. It didn't get too chaotic, uh, even though I was playing a mid old one, not a great old one, yeah. just just a mid old one. You know, but Errol was trying her best, and uh, yeah, we had we had a lot of fun. Go listen to that on the Dice Funk stri- uh, stream, uh, channel, channel. Yeah, podcast feed, YouTube. Feed, or... that's the one. I yeah, 
Hooray, we got there. We got that. But also, I, I do other stuff. I make t-shirts, I make music, I make this very podcast. You do. I do. Uh, well, I edit it and, and I put it up and I make it available early to Patreon backers. Yeah. That's patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify the fact that even though I'm on two weeks holiday from my day job, I haven't stopped working at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, all of my other stuff can be found at Linktree. That's linktr.ee slash janiac. J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Laura, <gasps> will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>